welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 73 for Saturday the 4th of November 2017. And from the conversations I've been having on social media this week, I get the impression that a lot of people are waiting for this one to hear how the BookBab ad went. And I'm going to be telling you it all in a moment or two. First, so very, very quickly, uh, I always start with my writing progress. I should have been writing today. I'm recording this on Friday, um, but I've, I've got other things to do Um family housework related matters today so I've knocked my writing day on to Sunday so on Sunday I'll be writing up to 30,000 words but I just had to do a little agenda shuffle today because I need to be out and doing things today um, for other parts of my life so uh, that's why I'm not writing today but it will get done it's all ready to go. It's all planned and thought through. Uh, so it's hopefully Sunday, if not Sunday, um, only because I'm doing my talk tomorrow in Manchester, and I think that should be okay. But if I end up wiped out after that and just need a day off, then I'll, I'll knock it to another day. But I've got plenty of slack in the agenda, so it will get done in bottom is the bottom line of that. Okay, let's talk about BookBub, because that's what everybody wants to know about. My BookBub ad went out on Monday, so about midday on Monday, and then it was followed on the Tuesday by a BookSends advert and a free Booksy advert, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that strategy as I talk you through the figures. Now, I'm recording this at, well, let's just say it's as good as midday on Friday, so that's is that five full days? Hang on, Monday, Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. Is that four full? That's four full days, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah. Anyhow, it's but it's Monday midday to Friday midday are the numbers. So previously, I told you in May I'd done a free booksy promo, followed up by a couple of others. I think one was Fussy Librarian. Can't remember what the other one was. And if you remember, that had given me an all-time income high of a thousand. It was over a thousand dollars, but a thousand dollars plus in one month. Doing a book bub on Monday over four days has given me that thousand dollars plus income since Monday, uh, and that's uh, that's uh, profit on book sales if you want. So um, we're currently riding at the time of recording this uh, since since Monday. So I've got my book report on, and I've done it uh, October the thirtieth through to November the third, uh, and it is showing one thousand and thirty eight dollars and twenty two cents. And of course, the the best sellers are Don't Tell Meg, Murder Place, Forgotten Children. The two pack of books. The two pack has the murder place and the forgotten children in. So if you want to read the trilogy and you bought book one, it allows you to buy it at a smaller price than you would if you bought the two separately. And I've also got the trilogy on and the trilogy is also sold. Um, not quite sure why that is. If you've already got book one for free, but whatever, maybe they just hadn't spotted the two. Uh, but either way, those are the best sellers of the week. So $1,038 over four days. So effectively, what it took me a month to achieve with the last free booksy promo, I've achieved over a period of, of four days. Now, another thing I did the other day, where is it? It's on my board somewhere. I did a little projection because I wanted to know, I wanted to compare the income that I'd had when I did the free booksy promo with the income that I'd had with the bookbub promo to see if I could predict what my income might be over the month. So um the Free Booksy promo, I think on the day, you see, you know, when I was looking at these amounts, I was thinking, how, how did that ad ever add up to $1,000 in a month? Uh, but it did. Now, I'm going to have to apologize here because I keep flicking between dollars and pounds. Um, and I know that's frustrating because I've got listeners all over the world. So apologies for that. I should really do it all in dollars um, because it's more meaningful to more people in dollars, I think. But But just to give you an idea of the numbers... On the 4th of May, I think it was, 2017, on the day I did my promo, interestingly, my income was £64.79. And then on the day I did my promo for BookBub, my income was £186.05. Um, now, apologies with dollars. I mean, dollars, what's that, about $230, $240 from BookBub. And um, with the equivalent in May, that must be about 95, 90 something dollars, just, just roughly off the top of my head. Um, and then I, I looked at the price. Now, interestingly, 
when I did the free books, the only promo, the income was higher on the second day. So the income was £80.34. But on the BookBub day, my income on the uh, the first day of the second day, it was 186 on the first day and 186 on the second day. It was virtually the same. It was just the pennies that were different. So um, the BookBub uh, income is is much higher, about 2.5 to three times higher than the free booksy uh, income was. So if I were predicting, and it's quite useful that I did this at the beginning of a new month, if I were predicting, I would guess that, and I might be wrong with this, that my income for this month is going to be at least $2,000. So we've, we've doubled the record, not that it's a very impressive record, but we've doubled the record. Um, I think, I think we'll double the record. So I'll have to tell you that I have to confirm that in diaries, but my, my gut feeling is if we continue to earn at that rate, and I was just looking, why I was doing this exercise was to see how the income degraded over time when I did the free books he had. I, I would guess that we'll be on for, for about $2,000 this, this month for book income. So that's twice the income that I've ever had before. And then again, the highest amount of income I have, the first time I broke $1,000 was back in May. I broke $1,000 over a period of a month, I've now broken a thousand dollars over a period of four days using a book bub. Now, let's talk about this in terms of profit and loss. It costs me, and I'm, I'm really sorry about having put these in pounds. It's just I put it in pounds because in business terms, I know what's coming out my business bank account, what's coming into my business bank account. So apologies for flitting between dollars and pounds, um, but you'll get the relative amounts. Now I totted up how much the I wanted to tot up how much it had cost me. So the BookBub ad cost me £272.25. pence. This is pounds, 272.25. The, um, what was the other one? Free Booksy. That cost me £66.12. pence. And the reader, no, the BookSends, that's what it's called. The BookSends one cost me £58.90. pence. So um, through the power of mathematics, that's about 400 quid. About 400 quid. So... Am I in profit is the next question. Am I, am I in profit as a result of having done this, this book bub promo? So yes, I am in profit. If I convert those earnings into pounds. So remember, I'm just using the book report interface at the moment to do this. Uh, the book report interface tells me that that income in terms of pounds, although it's a thousand dollars at the moment, it's 764 pounds, 86 pence at the moment I'm, I'm recording this. So if we get the, if we get the calculator out, it's it's fairly safely um, over the month going to give me a, a 50% uh, return on, on that investment. So uh, £764.86 pence minus what it cost me for the ad, 397.27 equals 367.59. So we're almost at the point where I've spent £400 and I'll recoup that loss and make £400 back in profit. So um, I, I am in profit as a, as a result of doing this. So whenever you're spending money on a promo, you, you always kind of, you always want to recoup your costs. Uh, well, not, all, not always, because sometimes, and I'll go into this in a moment or two, when I talk about the books that have been downloaded and the territories that they've been downloaded in. Often when we do pr book promotions, it's about people just discovering us. I always say that as a fiction author, the problem with being a fiction author is, is that I'm an unknown author at the bottom of a very deep genre. No one knows who the heck I am. No one's ever going to find my books. Not unless I get some kind of publishing deal or some kind of marketing push. So you've got to look at this um, financially, obviously. I'm looking at the financials first, but I'm going to talk to you about the benefits, the wider benefits of this. So um, with my financial hat on, my aim is I want to recover the costs of advertising and then I want to be in profit from that. I want to make some money out of it. So I can put, I can guarantee because I know what the, the money coming in is. I can guarantee that I've spent 400 pounds as good as, and not only am I going to get that 400 pounds back, I'm going to make that amount at least probably much more than that in profit. So as a business exercise, you know, am I running at a loss? Am I running at a profit? I'm running at a profit as a result of doing this. And, and again, with my numbers hat on, that's where I want to be. But with my author hat on, where I say, actually, this is just about me getting my work out there and discovered, I'm uh, I, with that hat on, 
I might say, actually, it's justifiable to make a loss sometimes because actually this is just the cost of getting my, my book out there. Now, so that's the numbers over a course of four days. And, and what I will do in these diaries, I think what's good, and I say, I don't know this. I don't know what the degradation is going to be because what, what I, what I'm looking for now is read through. Remember, don't tell Meg is the first book in a trilogy. What I did before doing this launch is at, right at the beginning and the end of the book, I've got a whole list of the next books, my other thrillers, um, and my sci-fi books. So for re- it's very, very easy for readers to just buy the next book. It's really easy. Uh, by the way, um, I did that menu in Vellum, and I really love the menus in Vellum. It's very, very clever the way they do it. When you do a link in a Vellum book, when you do a um, also by this author, what they actually take is just the the number of the book. They don't take a .com or a .co.uk. So if you read my book, I hadn't realized this until I downloaded it on my wife's uh, Kindle Fire to see what it looked like. It, it automatically goes to the right territory to buy. And so it's much cleverer to use a vellum uh, menu to, to say, read these books and buy them here than it is to put hard links in. Um, and also hard links often get uh, penalized. If you list on iBooks, I think it is, they're very, very tetchy about having Amazon links in books. So um, one more reason to invest in Vellum, but I hadn't realized it was as clever as that. Um, so it takes care of the territorial. If I buy your book, my book in Spain, and I want to find, and I click the link to say, uh, buy the next book, The Murder Place, it will open up in the Spanish Amazon. And that's very good. It's frictionless marketing. We don't want it opening up in .com if you can't buy from .com. So that's just a little thing I discovered this week, which will help with sales. Okay, so so when I give away books for free, uh, this is why I write in series. They have uh, cliffhanger endings. And, and so I promote very hard to get you to buy the next book and the next book. So this is what I call sausage on a stick. It's this, when you go into a supermarket and they give you a sausage on a stick, it looks like they're giving away something for free. But somebody, somebody says, oh, that's a delicious sausage. I'll have two packets, please. They're instantly in profit for giving away something for free. And that's how these books work. This is why you should always package in, in series. Um, and it's very interesting. I think this is the first time I've done a big promo. Uh, well, no, it's not the first time. I must have had these in May as well. Um, but I will tell you that the strategy of having a box set with the two books in, so books two and three, and a, and a strategy of having the full box set with books one, two, and three. That's working really well. I'm making, I'm making some good sales on that that two-pack. And so long as you price it so it's less than buying the books individually, it makes it an attractive buy um, for people as well. So I'm going to do that in future for everyone. I hadn't done that before I did the thrillers, but it works brilliantly. Um, it's working really well. It's just another um, option that I can offer people that allows them to buy my books and just get them at a slightly lesser price encourages them to read my books so um the thing i'm really interested in then is is buy through um having sold having given away uh, don't tell meg for free what what are the benefits of me having done that for free so so let me give you some numbers here with don't tell meg wait till you hear these numbers by the way i gave away 43000 this is at the time of recording this i'm looking at book report 43000 335 copies, e-copies of that book on Amazon. 43,335. That's how many copies of Don't Tell Mang I've shifted this week. Now, I don't know about you, but that almost takes my breath away. <laughs> it's just, I can barely imagine that. Now, not everybody's going to read that. A lot of people, they're freebie seekers. They're just going to put that on their Kindle and they might never get round to it. But that, um, I think however way you look at that, that is a phenomenal number of books to get into readers' hands, 43,335. I've never had a number like that. So in terms of I am an author, let's get my book out and let people read it, that's a pretty good result. Now, the other thing that I learned from doing the last promotion is that reads, um, people who read through KDP Select, who have a monthly, uh, what's it called, a monthly subscription, when they read your book uh, through Kindle what is it called? Kindle Unlimited. I get paid for page reads. So my page reads on Don't Tell Meg this week, even though it's away for free, are 28,472. That's at the time of recording this. So, so we've had, you know, 28,500 page reads, even though the book was free. So there's no income. It doesn't record sales on Don't Tell Meg. There's zero sales on Don't Tell Meg because you can't buy it this week. It's free. Um, but I've had 28,500 
reads, page reads, for which I get paid. So I've made money, even though the book's free, I've made money on Don't Tell Meg, giving it away for free because of page reads. There are zero sales recorded and we've got rid of about 43,500. Okay, so the next thing we need to look at is what's the follow through? Don't Tell Meg is part of a trilogy. Who then went on to buy book two and book three? So as you would expect, I've done really well on the second book, which is The Murder Place. I've had 19 and a half, well, 19, let me give you the right figures as I'm speaking, 19,317 page reads on The Murder Place. So these are people who will have read Don't Tell Megan and then reading through to the next book in the series. And then we've had um, 243 sales of that book so far, 243 sales. Now those are sales on which I'm now making cash, of course. So we're making cash on a free book because they've, they're reading through. And then The Forgotten Children, which is the third part in the trilogy, we've had 159 sales of that so far and 8,000 page reads. Now, they're long books. You know, there's a, the, the whole trilogy is, I think, is it about 250,000 words. So it's, um, and it's, they've only had four days to read it. So what I'm looking for now over time is people reading Don't Tell Meg and buying the next two. And people reading Don't Tell Meg and, and reading through Kindle Unlimited the next through. And this is why I talk about degradation, um, is that uh, um, you do the promo, you get all those books into people's hands, a certain number of those people are never going to look at that book. Okay, so don't be distracted by the 43,000 downloads because a certain number of those people are just loading up their Kindle and uh, they'll never get to the book. Um, it's, you know, it's just the, the freebie seekers. A certain percentage, and this is what I need to learn from BookBub, is, is, you know, how, how, what kind of percentage? Certain percentage of that will be serious readers. They're going to read that book. Um, some people will hate it. Some people will love it. Hopefully enough people love it then to go and buy the next two books. And then what I'm then looking for when they've read Don't Tell Meg is I'm looking for them then to read my next thrillers. So, um, the, the last, uh, the latest thriller comes out on the 6th of December, which is good timing. So they could buy Dead of Night. They could buy Burden of Guilt. And on 6th of December, they can pre-order already, uh, One Fatal Error. So I've got potentially, as a result of giving away one book, potentially I can make five sales. Uh, from an additional five sales from a customer and if they really like my stuff they might be tempted to try my sci-fi too if they if they like a bit of crossover as well so I've also sold of course um, books two and three as a box set uh, and people are reading that as well and I've sold the full trilogy I'm not quite sure why I have because it's not the cheapest way to do it um, and people are reading through the full trilogy as well so I've sold, I've given away one unit for free, but I've been making sales on um, five units. And I expect those sales, when people have had enough time to, to read through the book, I, I want those sales then to drip through to the other three standalone thrillers in the series. If people hopefully like what I'm writing, they'll want to read all the other books too. The breakdown by store is really interesting. So 75.8% of sales from the US store, 15.5% from the UK store, 5% in Canada, 3.6% in Australia. And here's the one I'm really pleased about. Uh, I've mentioned this to you before, but 0.2% of sales are in India. And I actually charted in India. I'll talk to you about chart positions again in a moment or two. Um, but it's really good that India's showing there because as you know, strategically, India and China are huge, huge potential audiences. And to just even register in the India store for me is fantastic because normally, again, I am listed in India. I price as low as I possibly can in India just because I want my books to be read and hopefully for somebody to pass them on. I just want to be known and consumed in India. I'm not going to make any money from it at the moment, but I want to be in that market as it's a developing market. It's a loss leader for me, but you know, I might make, I don't even know what I make, but it's peanuts. I price it, whatever I have to do to cover the download costs and for me to just make the, the minimal amount of profit, barely break even on the thing. Cause I don't care. I just want people in India to pick up my books. And so um, to be 0.2% in the Indian store is, is incredible. So that breakdown, you'd expect it in the US, I think of the UK, great to see Canada and Australia in there, but India is the one I'm really, uh, I feel really pleased about with that. Now, in terms of chart positions, got a really interesting story to tell you about this, because when I looked at my listing in BookBub on Monday, I noticed that a Bloodhound Books uh, author, who happens also to live in Cumbria, a gentleman called Mark Tilbury, who writes thrillers, um, he also 
had a book pub on that day. Now, Mark, I've I've had some interactions with on social media. I've never met him uh, personally, but would very much like to, particularly now after what I'm about to tell you. Um, he's published with Bloodhound Books. He writes thrillers and, you know, and does well. Um, is a self, uh, say a self-published author. He's not a traditionally published author, but he is with Bloodhound. So when I looked at that listings uh, on BookBub to make sure my book had gone out, there's me at the top and there's there's Mark, that the positions aren't relative, uh, they don't count for anything. It's just where BookBub put us in the listings. And so all oh, that's interesting, me and Mark are kind of doing battle on a BookBub promo. So on Monday, when I just had the BookBub promo, um, Mark got to number one in the States and number one in the UK, and I think it was number one in Canada. He he got the number one slot on Monday, and I was number two. Um, so he was number one. I was number two. Now, I was very I was very happy with that. It was lovely that a Cumbrian, another Cumbrian writer, two Cumbrians at the top of the charts across virtually the world. Actually, it was him and me in thrillers and psychological thrillers and whatever their equivalents are in the in the foreign language versions of Amazon. We were pretty well number one and two across the world. But Mark was number one. And I was number two. And I, uh, and then I think it happened, it might have happened on the Monday. No, it was the Tuesday, I think. On the Tuesday, if you remember, I had a, a double salvo. So I did book bubs on the Monday. Then I had free booksy and books ends on the Tuesday. Now I'm assuming, I don't know, but I'm assuming Mark had the book bub and I'm assuming that uh, Bloodhound Books, um, set that up for him because he's published through them and it's a Bloodhound Books book. So, on the Tuesday, we switched positions in the US. I took the number one position because I was sending that backup traffic that managed to dislodge Mark. Now, Mark has way more reviews than I do, and and, and he's part of a, an author stable for Bloodhound Books. So he has that advantage of, of you know, prominence, uh, publicity, um, being, a, I guess, a more established or recognizable author than I do. He has an existing readership as well, or a bigger existing readership than I do. So that, why that backup? I, I found this a really useful technique that I always have the main promo, even if I do it with free booksy. And then usually if I have a, the day after, and sometimes even the day after I've gone, if I have another promo, it gives me usually that extra push you need to get to the number one position. I've done this a couple of times now, even with free booksy, it works. So often the promo itself is not enough to get you to the top. You'll often find that there's another person there and it's really, they're really blooming persistent and you can't knock them off. But the trick is, this is the trick I found is get another couple of promos either the day after or what, you know, day two, day three. And that often, because your sales over time seem to do it, it pushes you up to, up, up a little bit higher. Now in this case, that I'm so pleased I had that backup salvo because I, I got to number one in the States. And Mark was number two in the States. And then I think, sorry about this. I know I should, I know all this, but the, the days go by as a blur. So it was Wednesday. I thought I was going to miss the UK, but I, I pretty well hit number one in all the territories that I would want to. So I was number one in Canada. I hit number one in the UK. I hit number one in the USA. And, um, and I, I may have got this wrong, but I, I was number one, I think in, I'm sure I was in Germany. Sure, I'm sure I was in, in Spain. Um, so all the kind of, uh, uh, Australia, I think I was. I might have got this wrong, but, but if I wasn't one, I was two. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I was in those, but you know what I mean? You, you blink and you miss it. You are for a while and then it, it comes down. So I'm pretty sure I, but the territories I'm interested in, UK, um, US, Canada, um, those, I was number one in all of those. Um, and I managed to dislodge Mark. Only because I had that backup salvo on the Tuesday, I would not have done it. Um, now Mark, so, so Mark then by Wednesday, his book had, had dropped right down. So it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't sort of bothering me in those positions at that point. And, um, uh, so, so you have a big drop is the other thing. You know, if you just do the one promo, you get that big drop. I didn't get that big drop because I had the backup as well. So that's, that's my recommendation to you. If you get a book bub, follow it up as well with, with something the next day. And I would recommend free books. I really love free books, as you know. Um, so the other thing I was really pleased about was I was number five or six in Japan next to Dan Brown. So I think Dan Brown was at five. I was at six and it wasn't, it was a preview copy of Dan Brown. Now it might be a ripoff for all I know, but it had the proper cover on and it was marked as a sample copy and it was in Japan. Um, so 
you know, either way, even if it was a ripoff, it still got Dan Brown's name on it. So um, it was really funny, actually, because in Japan, I think it was Joseph Conrad, me, and Dan Brown were in the top five or six or whatever it was. So that was great in Japan. In India, I think I was something like five or six in the thriller chart. Now, you know how pleased I am about that, because that's just a just a territory I want to, to, to break or, or get some traction in. And I was, I think, about number six in Brazil, which is another interesting territory that I'm, I'm after. Um, so it was pretty good. It was a very, very good chart presence. And again, this is in thrillers. This isn't in, um, you know, uh, thrillers with detectives who wear bubble hats and Wellington boots. You know, it was not in a obscure or sideline kind of genre or what do I call it a listing um so you get these really sub sub genres it wasn't in a it was in a top genre which is thrillers um a top level genre um you know so again you know I've I've played this game too where I've been in a sub genre maybe like business and in you know uh, internet marketing email marketing whatever it is so it's a sub genre so it's easier to get to a number one position in a sub genre that it is to get into a top genre. So this was in thrillers, which is a top level genre. Um, so that gives you really good prominence. So this is me now with my author head on. We've had, we've got my books into a lot of hands. So this is me forgetting profit. It's just about me finding readers and I've hit territories that I could never have hit before. So my books have got into readers in, in obscure territories where I've never really made sales or got any traction before. So as an author, I'm really pleased about that. To me, that's a great uh, result. Um, my books are in other people's hands. And then hopefully, because I've had that chart prominence, you just hope then that you're going to get some traction with that. So um, I think that's pretty well it for the BookBub progress. A lot of information in there. It's going to be a long one, I'm afraid, today, but I hope that's useful information. Uh, let me tell you what my conclusions are um, from this. I don't think BookBub's going to change my life. I, I've talked to a lot of authors, and I can only assume that th this is maybe in the past ra rather than the present. But I, I don't get any sensation that this BookBub's going to change my life. I just feel like it's done about three times what a free booksy would do. Okay, I, I feel that um, it's going to be very nice. I'll have a good month. I'll, I'll make some profit this month and get a decent income this month. But it will probably drop the next month. I don't think having that book bub and, and, and getting rid of that number of books, I don't think it's going to suddenly change my world. I think that next month, maybe the sales might be a little bit higher as we get the read-throughs. But I expect if I don't do any more promotion, that would just degrade over time and hit a level. Now, my, my level my level no promotion doing nothing just let everything sit there i think it was about a hundred pounds a month roughly uh of profit um before i did the free booksy last time i'm guessing that after this it might just notch up a little bit i don't know you know two maybe two three four hundred a month something like that but i i i just can't see this um you know creating anything other than a flurry um, I, you know, when I, when I hear all these people, so yeah, I did a free, you know, I did a book bourbon. That was it. That was my career. I, I mean, that's 43,000 books. And I just, I can't see how you can sustain this. I, I, do, I, I just can't grasp it. How you could possibly sustain that level without that level of promotion week in, week out. And maybe it's because I haven't experienced it yet, but I, I just find it difficult to grasp. I expect that to be, have a nice month. Thank you very much. It'll put a bit of money in the bank. Um, and then it'll be a bit less or quite a lot less next month. And then the month after that, it'll probably be back down to normal. And then I'll have to do something else to fan the flames. Now, the exception to that is if it falls into the right person's hands, if, if somebody reads it, somebody saw that it was high in the chart, somebody saw it on Twitter and they thought, Oh, I'll, I'd probably need to have a look at this guy. And if somebody then subsequently read it and thought, hmm, maybe we should have a conversation or, you know, you've always got that opportunity too when you've got the prominence but i i don't see it changing anything massively and I, I don't want i don't want to be a glass half full kind of guy because i'm very happy with what it's done this week but i i simply don't understand when i hear people talking about oh i did a book bubble that changed my life well it's been great thank you very much it's been my best month of sales but to me it's just one more part of an ongoing journey for me as an author where i just keep trying to raise the bar step by step by step and it has raised the bar as you've heard 
but it doesn't feel like it's going to change my life. So just, you know, I know we all, that book Bub is the Holy Grail. It's been the Holy Grail for me for two years and I finally got one. So, you know, I want to tell you all the positive, but I also want to say, I mean, you know, again, and you always have to, you always have to do this. I don't think my writing's rubbish. I get enough very, very strong reviews on my books for me to think my writing's not rubbish. You know, it's not a, high, a heap of pants because I get too many enthusiastic reviews for me to think, well, it can't be rubbish. But if you ask me about my writing, I say, you know, there just feels to me like there's something that doesn't soar. So, you know, when you, you know people find something like Girl on Train, everybody's getting excited. Whoa, excitement, excitement, excitement. I, I don't see that level of excitement in what I do. And I'm not quite sure how you get to it. How, how do you get that level of excitement in anything? I don't know. But I don't feel like I've got it. And, and that's, I guess, what I'm looking for. I call this the point of ignition, when you suddenly think, wow, you know, people get this, it's off. And I, I don't see that. Um, and I'm not quite sure how to get it. It's very elusive. I guess it's what we're all after, isn't it? So there you go. That that That's the rundown. I'm very, very happy with it. Um, I've given you a very realistic view, I hope, of it. I want you to know everything that, that happens with this. But, you know, I'm the same person as I was last Saturday, and I suspect that it will be back to basics um after this flurry goes i think i might have a really good month this month you know 2000 maybe if we're lucky maybe more than that um i'll 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 tell you how it's going through this month um but i do expect it to degrade and i think i'll then have to do something else to keep the to fan the flames and to keep those sales uh coming in so um but i'm very happy i'm you know on, on all sorts of levels i'm really really happy with that and the basic level has to be i'm in profit you know i've shifted I've shifted 43,500 books this week. Well, more than that, actually, if you add the sales, you know, nearly 44,000 books this week. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, what's not to be happy about that? Okay. So it's going to be a long one. Apologies for that. Um, tomorrow, Saturday, when you're listening to this, I'm giving my Society of Authors talk tomorrow. Um, I've been kind of completely distracted this week because I keep looking at stats and looking at earnings and things. So I, I finally got my presentation done and off. It's an hour-long presentation. Um, it's great to see that people like um, decisive authors, and who else am I doing a talk for? Somebody else paid me to do a talk. I've forgotten who it was now. Oh, uh, Boardlines. It's great to see that um, when people are inviting you to talk as an author, there's a set set rate now for it, and they pay your expenses, and they pay you, uh, well, I'm getting paid £175 tomorrow, uh, which, which ironically is about half the profit, you know, that it took me, that I've made in four days with the books which is why you need to have different elements to your author business because sometimes you make money a lot quicker so i'm getting um paid 175 pounds for an hour but it's it's not an hour because i'm you know i have to prepare for it and all of this sort of thing um and it's interesting because that that's going to be a talk to mainly traditionally published authors tomorrow and, and i'm going to be like an alien to them because when I say to them, it's really good timing, actually, because at least I can show them lots of charts with me at the top of the thriller charts uh, on Amazon all over the world. Um, it helps me make a point. But I know that what they're going to ask me is, well, you're giving away books for free. How do you make money from giving away books for free, which is often how what people ask me. And then I'm going to tell them about page reads and writing in series and all those things that we all, all these things, marketing tools we all know and love as independent writers. Um so I think my pitch is basically good to be tomorrow because I would expect there to be some very successful authors, be some very successful traditionally published authors in that room. So my pitch is basically good to be, I'm an independent author, self-published author. I don't, um, I do all this myself. Um, some of you will have been very successful with traditional authors. I just want to tell you how we do it and what we do as independent authors. And you may take from this something that you could use in your own career. And that's really going to be my pitch. It's not going to be a, you know, we're better than you. You're, uh, it's not going to be anything like that. Um, it's just good to be a, this is how we do it as independent authors. Um, there may be some things here that you weren't aware of and you may want to use those in your own author career. So that's the pitch I'm going for tomorrow. I'll let you know how it goes next week. Looking forward to it. Interestingly, I'm attending some of the talks. And the first talk I'm attending is one about tax as an author. I thought that's a really good one to attend. Um, uh, cause I, I mean, I'm fairly savvy with the tax. But um, I bet they'll tell us all sorts of little tricks that we can do and things that we can claim. So uh, looking forward to that one tomorrow. But good day. Good day out in Manchester tomorrow. And I, I'm just delighted to have been invited. And what I hope is that I do a good enough job for them to invite me back to do some um, other sessions with them, which is ultimately what I'm after, is repeat business. 
um, I had a Goodreads giveaway going. This is another technique that's worked really well. It's interesting that Joanna Penn's talking about this a lot. Joanna Penn now says that she has a Goodreads giveaway going all the time. She has her VA set it up and she's always got them going. The advantages of a Goodreads giveaway, and I knew this because I did this with the secret bunker of the grid and then didn't really get to it with my thrillers. Um, and I should have done because it's been very good. I've, I've had, um, something like, Oh, how many books was it? I've got it down here. Where is it? I had 323 books requested from the UK. So again, I'm not going to go into this in detail, but I, I only listed it in the UK. So I didn't have to pay USA postage costs. So I don't want to get into that in any detail. So I had 323 entrants requesting burden of guilt in Goodreads. Now, uh, and I had four winners and I send them a paperback book, which I just sent through Amazon. Incidentally, when you send the books through Amazon, of course, although I pay six ninety nine for the books through Amazon, I'm going to get my percentage of that back in royalties. But also I never send it next day delivery. I always send it on the one that gives me, because um, I'm with Amazon Prime, I always get the credit as well that they offer you. So I think they're offering some Amazon pantry credit at the moment. Usually I go for MP3 files. So in actual fact, I subsidize selling that quite heavily. Because I get the, it's, I don't pay 6099 for it because I'm going to get the royalty back for it and I'm going to get the bonus for not sending it, um, next day delivery. There's no requirement with good sense to send it next day. I think it just has to be there. Well, it says here, please ensure you ship copies to winners within two to three weeks. You've got tons of time to get it to the winners. Um, so I always do it the, the day after I, I get the information from Goodreads and then I, I squeeze as much more out of that transaction as I can to make it as cheap for me as possible as it possibly can be. Now, here's the marketing benefit of this, because when you when you do that on Goodreads, 127 people who entered that competition have now marked that book as want to read. So anybody who looks at that profile is now going to see my thriller and the cover of it in those people's Goodreads profiles saying that they want to read that book. So it's a great viral way of getting your book out there and exposing it to more people. And I say I was interested to hear Joanna Penn's actually using this as a strategy now. And actually, I, I totally agree with her. It's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, because I'd have always known how good Goodreads giveaways are. They're brilliant. They're brilliant for finding new readers. Um, and the only cost, so that the only cost of that marketing technique is what it costs you to send the books out. And I've told you how to, you know, how to make that even cheaper for yourself. So you're only maybe paying two pounds a copy um, by the time you do it. So in marketing terms, say by the time all my I got my money back and my benefits back from Amazon, it's cost me about two pound a copy. I've got four winners. It cost me eight pounds for an advertising campaign, which was seen by 323 people at least. And 127 of those people have marked my book as want to read. So potentially, obviously that'll have some degradation, but if 20 people out of that 127 went on to buy my book eventually, then I've done all right out of that in a small kind of way. And even Joanna Penn at her level is saying this this works for her. So um, I got those books sent out and I've immediately listed Dead of Night as a Goodreads giveaway. And I've also trying a non-fiction. I've put my MailChimp book as a Goodreads giveaway as well. And I, I'm just going to run this as an ongoing policy now, just going to give away books on Goodreads and just make sure I've always got something promoted. Um, because it is, it's, it's quite a small way of doing it. When you look at the, was it 43,000 people who downloaded a free book on, on BookBub, you know, clearly that's, we're not dealing with those kind of numbers. Um, but Goodreads readers are serious. They're very serious readers. And to be on somebody's want to read shelf, on Goodreads is great viral publicity. So I think that's a good thing to do. And I knew that all the time because I've had a lot of success with these reads. And, um, and, it, and interestingly too, um, looking back at my older books, you know, there's a lot of evidence on my older books that people have seen these as, as want to read and they've gone on to buy them. So um, it's good strategy. I, I recommend it to you highly. You know already that I'm doing twids to freebie giveaways between now and Christmas. I started promoting my sci-fi. That's the first one that's taking place. I started promoting that about a week or so ago. can't remember when I started the promotion. That giveaway is running um, on, it starts on Monday the 20th of November. I'm delighted to say that it's full already. In fact, it's over full. I only wanted uh, 34 contributors and I got 36, I think, in the end. So I've had to shuffle the page around a little bit. Um, I, I must look more closely at Google Docs to see if there's a way I can close the listings off at 35. Because of the states, there's always a few creeping out when you re get over your target. And I always end up with not the right uh, number of people that I want. So I've got slightly more people than I would want on that giveaway. But it doesn't matter. Rather than have too many than too few, 
So I just slightly tweaked the page a little bit to fit them on. But I like to give people, I like to do it over seven days and give everybody a turn on the top row to make it fair for everybody. So when I get numbers above 35, it just makes life a little bit difficult uh, for me. So um, that's brilliant. That's a great result, you know, to be full of people. And some of them are people I know, but many, many of them are people I don't know, which is great because it means I'm listing new books as well. So I always like to uh, work with pals. And um, so John Cronshaw's on there, Alison Ingleby's uh, on there, who I, I know uh, personally through this podcast. Always great to have your pals on there, but it's also brought in uh, a lot of uh, new people who I don't know as well, which is great because it allows me to network and form new relationships with different authors. So having got that one full, I now need to get my thriller one full. That's week beginning 2nd of December. So hopefully the thriller one will fill up just as quickly. And, um, you know, it's like, well, I'm all ready to go. And I've got three weeks till I have to launch the blast. It's like everybody's listed, the page is done. We're all, we're all good to go. And I'm just sitting here twiddling my fingers until we can start now. So it feels quite a funny position to be in because normally... I, I give it a good run in because you're there thrashing and thrashing and just trying to make sure the thing's full right up to the end. And then you usually just get the last entrance just before you launch the thing and do it but in the nick of time. Whereas this time it's filled up really fast. And here we are, you know, all ready to go to the party and the party isn't started for another three weeks. So I'll start the thriller one too and hope that I have the same level of success with that. I did a podcast interview this week with Dan Van Oss. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. There's a real good plot twist in that interview. But when I was interviewing Dan, I'd done my research on him and I had not found out something that was so interesting about him in my research. I just, you, you'll know why it is when you hear the interview, but it was a, it was just like a plot twist in, in the interview. And I've left it in when I say, I didn't even know you did that, Dan. And uh, it's fascinating. And um, so I've concealed it as much as possible in the introduction to it. Uh, but Dan's interview is coming up. When is it? Uh, so we're getting way ahead with these interviews, getting ridiculous now with my interviews. Uh, that's It's a good position to be in, but I'm just way ahead with them. Uh, Dan's interview is episode 94 on the 18th of December, the week before Christmas, for goodness sake. It's all edited and ready to go. Um, but fascinating, fascinating interview. And just so you know who Dan is, Dan is the chap who does pre-made covers. He's working with the self-publishing podcast guys in the States. And he's the chap who designed the cover for Deleted, my latest book. That's how we got to to know each other. But brilliant interview. But they're all they're all brilliant interviews. But uh, there's a real good plot twist in that one, and I, I I highly recommend you listen to it when it comes out. Something that's really delighted me this week. It's NaNoWriMo at the moment, and I did NaNoWriMo. Well, I did it in 2015 when I was writing the Grid trilogy, and the only the only reason I did it was I was writing so much at the time because I wasn't working three days a week. I was writing so much that I. Basically, I said, well, I might as well do NaNoWriMo because I'm going to write 50,000 words anyway in this month. So I got my badge. I hit all the stats, but I knew I was going to do it anyway because I was writing a, a, a you know, 90, 80,000 word book during that time. So I've kind of done NaNoWriMo um, in that I hit the targets within the time scale. And I'm, I'm really, really delighted to say that um, three members of my family are doing NaNoWriMo this month. So my constant going on about books and getting excited about how many I've shifted this week and you know all this stuff that they have to sit through when when your family members have an author in, in the house uh, they're all going for it now my oldest son who's at university has done it before so he's doing it my middle son is doing it he's taken a year off university at the moment and he's he, he's you know done some stories that he tried when he was a very very young child and he's having a go at it now because uh, he's he's really into Stephen King and Game of Thrones at the moment. I think it's inspired him to do some writing. And and my wife has started. I'm so pleased at my wife because she she's been talking about writing for years. And in actual fact, um, it's it's one of the reasons I started writing. So I, I've I've been writing since I was nine, but I haven't really. Um, I wrote as a teenager in the in the magazine. Then I stopped at university. I did. I've always kind of written really, but I I did. Um, I didn't aspire to be a a published author. Um, when I was at the BBC, I was quite happy with my work. I didn't aspire. It just didn't do anything then. I wrote at work as part of my work, but I, I wasn't aspiring to be an author. And it, it just happened when I was self-employed. Uh, I thought I got a contract in the bag. and I didn't. So I had time on my hands. Uh, I was like a resting actress, actor in between jobs. I had a bit of time on my hand when I was self-employed. And um, I, essentially, I gave this competition to my sister and my wife, who'd been talking about writing books for ages, and said, there's a great competition there. And because I got time on my hand, I thought, oh, I might as well have a go at this. And, and actually, they didn't do the competition. I did. And that, that that's what led to the secret bunker. And here I am, goodness knows how many books later. Um, it refired that sort of passion that I hadn't really thought about for a long time. 
Um, but my wife's been talking about it for years. My wife uh, reads hugely. She works in a library. You know, she loves, loves, loves books. She's got very eclectic tastes. And, um, you know, she is the the archetypal, I'm going to write a book one day person and uh, who, who never does it. And um, and so I can't tell you how pleased I am uh, that she's doing this. Now, she's used NaNoWriMo as the inspiration for this. She's not going to write to 50,000 words. She, um, and, and I think her strategy is, is, is brilliant, by the way. Uh, she said for the first book she writes, she's writing a kind of Christmas romance, and it'll be 20, 25,000 words. So it's going to be a short read, and she wants to have it ready and out for Christmas. And she'll write under a pseudonym. And I said to her, well, this is great. We'll put it through my business. You know, I, uh, you could be, I, I have, um, I now publish my books under Clixio Publishing. I hate the name Clixio, uh, but uh, about five or six years ago, when I was doing internet marketing, I built a Facebook software and I want, I trademarked it. I've trademarked a name and I paid a lot of money. I wanted to get a, a name for the software that, um, didn't exist. It's like one of these, when people have softwares and they all have weird names. It's a great way of getting high up in the search engine rankings because the word doesn't exist. So you can own the search engines for this obscure word that doesn't exist. And I paid a couple of hundred pounds to get a unique URL, which was clixio.com. And I then trademarked the word clixio because it was attached to a software which we sold. Now, everything changed with Facebook. It became pointless keeping the software going because everything happens in the news feed now. And I'd paid, you know, a couple hundred pounds for this name. So I, I just, I use Clixio as the name of the business because I need a name of the business and it might as well be that because I, you know, I paid for it. Um, and so, um, it was Clixio for a while, Clixio Limited, I think, for a while. And now I've gone sole trader again. Um, it's just, uh, I call it Clixio Publishing. My books are Clixio Publishing. So I hate the blooming word. Uh, and it's got all sorts of associations with, you know, difficult times with software and things like that in the past. But, um, you know, what the heck? I paid for it. So I might as well use it. And, and, and the principles still apply. It's very distinctive. Anyhow, that's a long story to tell you that because I have Clixio Publishing, it makes sense for me to bring my wife's book within the business, and then I can claim it as a business expense. So her book will be published under Clixio Publishing. It won't be published under her real name, but we'll get that out fast for Christmas. It'll be a, it's a, I think it's like a sweet romance book. There's not, I said to her, are you going behind the bedroom door or not? And she's not. She's staying outside the bedroom door, which is probably a good thing, frankly. So, uh, so, so she's, uh, it's going to be a sweet romance, I guess, and it's going to be on a Christmas theme. And, um, and if she finishes it, I'll, I, you know, I said to her, I showed her pre-made covers. I said, this is where you get a pre-made cover from. We'll publish it through Clixio Publishing. Um, I'll, I'll get it processed in Vellum for you. We'll get the thing out there for Christmas. And, you know, I can tell you that we will shift some copies. We won't necessarily make money on it, but I can definitely shift some copies for you and get some reads. And it's interesting having that conversation with my wife. I was saying to her, you know, it's, I can't, I can tell you that we'll, I'll shift some copies. I know that I can shift some copies for free, but I said it's, for me, it's really frustrating not having a second book because I can't promise that we can make money because I've got nothing else to send people to when I give that book away for free. And it's, it's really interesting just being with a new author and saying, well, you need to get that second book out fast because I need something to upsell to or cross sell to. Um, so it's a very interesting exercise and I'm just, I'm just delighted, you know, I'm just delighted that people are having a go. And um, I'm ecstatic at the thought that my wife might join me as a writer. Um, you, you know, because how wonderful would that be? Because interestingly, uh, like me, we love Spain and Alicante. And my aspiration when the kids have moved on is to, you know, to live out in that part of the world. And um, she set one in in Spain and Alicante because we've got so much experience of it. And, and my series with Don't Tell Meg, I intentionally finished it in Alicante because um, strategically um, I, I want to start writing that off as a business expense and writing books that are based in that area. Um, so that was a strategic move on my part. And she's writing hers in Alicante around Alicante for the same reason, strategically for business use. Um, so I, I can't tell you how pleased that makes me <laughs> that we, we might, as I said, we'll, we'll end up there you know, sitting in the sun for one day, planning our books, and then having a lovely break out there. And, um, you know, and it'll all be tax deductible. So and this is why I'm going to the tax meeting at the Society of Authors thing tomorrow to see what see what we could legally do, because, you know, I want it to all be above board, of course. But um, so anyhow, that's a long way around of telling you that how delighted I am that three people in my family are writing. I cannot believe that this is such a long way. It's the longest one ever. Uh, but I hope, you know, I hope you're fine with that. And I hope that you... Um, sort of appreciate the the breakdown of of the book bub because you know most of the time with book bubs 
people say, oh yeah, I did a book bar, you know, I made a zillion pounds and uh, I lived happily ever after. That's kind of the, that's what I kind of hear. Uh, I, I just want you to know, um, the, the kind of Clark Kent rather than the Superman version of, of book bub. This is what happens to sort of normal people who just are just trying to get any kind of traction at all. Good result, but not at the moment, not life changing, I would say. Um, last thing I want to say. Uh, is around the social media interactions this week. Um, I, I was obviously, you know, for marketing purposes, I let people know where I am in the charts and things. This is all about, you know, I want Bloodhound Books to see that I just knocked their author off the top. I want, you know, they rejected me, but I can still, without you, I can get up there and I'm taking 70% of the income, not 40. I want people to know that I can do this stuff, you know, and I can do it on my own. Um, so you, so I, I made sure this is all tweeted. You know, I want people to see this stuff. And um, I, I don't do it to show, to show off. I do it for marketing. It's marketing as far as I'm concerned. And um, because it helps to shift more books. But what I do want to say is I just want to thank you as listeners. What a lovely bunch of people you are. I've had so many uh, sort of comments and well dones and just lovely, uh, you know, pat, pat on the back stuff from people who listen to the podcast and who've reached out. And, uh, you know, what a lovely uh, community we've got here and supportive uh, community. It's just really, really uh, nice. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate that. Um, you know, just just constant positivity um, from people, and it, it's really really nice. And I'm so proud of the sort of community that we've got around this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, so thank you for that. Okay, it's a real long one today. Sorry about that. We're nearly 50 minutes, maybe over 50 minutes by the time it's finished. Uh, let me just give a plug for Monday's guest, Dan Wilcox from the Hawk and Cleaver Story Studio. Now, um, Dan is part of a team of four, I think it is. They are a story studio. So they're the UK equivalent of the self-publishing podcast guys. So they're, what are they? They're, they're Sterling and Stone and they're a story studio. Now, um, Dan, Dan and his, uh, his team, they do brilliant things. They've got a podcast which is based around story, which has just had a phenomenal week in iTunes. They've, they're getting huge downloads on this story. Um, uh, this story podcast and they write I think sort of horror fiction science fiction things like that but they're also into movies short movies and stuff like that so they're very much a story studio now I heard Dan and one of his uh, colleagues talking on self-publishing podcast I heard that they were from the UK I thought I've got to talk to these guys uh, doing brilliant things great innovations they run a really good self-publishing podcast which I highly recommend to you as well um so that's Dan coming up on Monday that'll be episode number 88 of self-publishing journeys and that's scheduled for Monday the 6th of November 2017 I'll be back with another diary next week I'll let you know how those numbers are going as far as the book downloads are concerned and the long tail on that book promotion is concerned I should have told you I hope I get that writing done on Sunday I should have written I should have written another 10,000 words by the time we speak next week. Fingers crossed. And um, I'll also tell you what happened at the Society of Authors in Manchester. So busy, 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 busy. I hope you have a fantastic week of writing and I'll speak to you next Saturday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.